Hey, this is Matt from Blue October, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host is Jason, and Chris is on assignment this week, so we have a special guest host, uh, Jeff Ponder from Let's Go Blues Radio, joins us. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is, uh, my name's actually uh, uh, Friss Crank. Uh, I'm uh, the evil twin of Chris Frank. Yeah, so we'll see what kind of, uh, see how that goes today. So thanks, thanks for having me, Jason. Uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, though. Of course. So this will be a, technically our first podcast for the brand new, i say, championship season. Championship defense yeah, season. which is fun to say. So, yes, it is. Yeah, so the Blues opened with one game ready, so we didn't get to, around to our Blues preview. Unfortunately, uh, we just life got in the way. Here's the preview. The Blues are a good team. Yeah, so I think let's just do a quick little one. I think the Blues make playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, I got them. Uh, where do you got them finishing? I, as much as people like kind of like throw a fit about it i still think third is a, like a high possibility yeah third's good because um, i think it's going to be between dallas nashville and st louis to take mm-hmm. the top three i picked the blues because i think it's the default pick you know it's defending stanley cups plus we're homers yeah so it's it's easy to pick the blues but yeah anywhere in that top three i, I could see them finishing because man there's some good teams in the central yeah i said i have a nashville colorado Colorado's up there, too. Yeah. yeah. I just think Colorado is like – everybody's picking them for, like, Stanley Cup aspirations. I think they're going to be much improved. They, I they think the goal got a sus- second line. They yeah. literally went out and got a second line over the summer. Yeah. That's impressive. And I think the goaltending is the one that's up in the air for me with them. So, that's yeah. going to hold me back for them. If Grubauer can prove he's a really good goalie, I think they got I something I like Grubauer, there. but, yeah, he's got to prove it. Last year, I think Varlamov was still the guy. So, yeah. we'll so, see. So, people say anything about Bennington, and I think after the first game performance, I kind of think – I think you look I think good. We're okay. Yeah, so. and uh, you know, I, I we were talking about this on our show, Let's Go Blues Radio, the original blues hockey podcast. Mm. Um, <laughs> Jason, giving me that look. Uh, no, we were talking about on our show is that um, you know it'd be easy if he was a fragile kind of guy mm. to to go into this season and saying I'm still really nervous. You know, who's who's uh, are we going to get Jordan Bennington or are we going to get a Rich Perrant or you know, somebody who came in great and then just kind of fell off. and But the confidence with Bennington is kind of what makes you say, like, he's got that swagger. He's got that professionalism that yeah. it's just like, yeah, you know, he could easily be the, 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 the guy that falls, but you just you feel more confident in him because you see it the way he carries himself. Yeah. I think that helps a little bit. That's true. I think he's one of those guys where he doesn't let the chatter or like any kind of you know outside noise get to him, which is really good for goaltender. And this is not one hundred percent not a knock on Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. I think that did for him. Oh, for sure. I and mean, I think it's one of those things where when he had his good day, he was just very up and down. Like when he when he started playing a little bad, I think that chatter got to him. Yep. And it just never... Well, you know, these guys have ears. They're going to hear people talking about trade yeah. talks and the, the booze that he was getting at, at yeah. Enterprise. I mean, 
because I'll go always went through it as much as we. I think Chris is going to be happy with this talk, but like also Brian Elliott went through the same thing. Where you he, mean the greatest goalie ever, Brian correct, Elliott? Correct. <laughs> where he uh, he had a little he had the moment a couple years ago where they had to bring Jake Allen up for the minors when him and Halak couldn't stop a beach ball. Yeah, and save that you know lockout shortened oh, season. God, that was man. Yeah, Elliott was giving up like four goals, five yeah, goals. He a wasn't night. great. I mean, mind you, Whew. turned it around. You know, nice made it made at least a little career for himself. So good for him. But anyway. Let's talk about all the stuff that's happened. So the Blues were pretty much bringing back the same team, minus Pat Maroon pretty much was like the big, you know, subtraction. And, I, and to my, you know, I think it came out yesterday. I heard Kerber on the radio said the Blues did not even offer Pat Maroon a contract. Yeah, yeah, that was Kerber that said Which that. I, I 100%. Maroon kind of even alluded to that when he signed with Tampa. He said something like if the Blues would have called, he would have answered. Yeah. So it's. You know, but I think you look at it, and, you know, it's easy to look at the first game now and say, well, it was the right move because Sammy Blay played in his spot, basically, and Blay scored in the first, what, three minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even even before that, I, I think Sammy Blay, I, I, I love Pat Maroon, and I, you know, I live in Oakville, so I have to love him, yeah. but I also do love him. Um, and I think he's a solid player, and he's you know he scored in his first game for Tampa, so good for him. Mm-hmm. As did Kevin Shattenkirk, yeah. um, which I was like, man, former Blues former killing Blues Tampa, kill. yeah, Tampa killing. Um, but uh, but no, it's it's that I think Sammy Blay plays a similar game to Pat Maroon, but he's quicker, and I think he's got better hands. Yeah. So if you are just saying, well, Pat Maroon's gone, but you're replacing it with a full time Sammy Blay. I think that's going to be an improvement for the Blues. Nothing against Pat Maroon. It's just I think Sammy plays a more complete player. Yeah, and I think also uh, Zach Sanford's also kind of on that same level as Pat Maroon. Maybe it's not as physical. I think the foot speed is eh, maybe slightly better than Pat Maroon, but I think he's one of those guys that could fill the role at least. Yep. For you know, he makes... There's a lot of hate for Sanford, and I, I don't understand it. Yeah. I I, I've like... always said that if Zach Sanford's your biggest problem, you don't have a lot of problems on your team. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in tonight, which we, uh, we'll get into. So anyway, the big thing that happened out of nowhere, like I remember reading the morning of on uh, on the internets that Justin Falk was not was at practice but not practicing and healthy, and the coaches said I was told to basically you know not practice him today. Right. So I'm like, oh, he's going to Winnipeg because I was like, Winnipeg doesn't you know, Line A hasn't signed, you know, Anaheim, you know, and then all of a sudden, alert on the phone, and Justin Falk is a St. Louis Blue, which Mm -hmm. is insane so the trade happens let me let me uh, go ahead and, and run you down how it happened to me so i i'm sitting in in, in my desk and i get the uh the blues uh uh news press releases sent to my email and um the uh it popped up and you know it said justin falk acquired by blues and my first thought was it's that other justin falk right because there's two justin there's falks two in the falks, league yeah. and i'm like oh it's the nobody justin falk it's the guy who's going to probably play in the ahl and then I look and I saw, you know, Blues trade, Joel Edmondson, and draft pick. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. that's Justin Falk. Yeah. And it just made me think. And I think a lot of people right away said there's another move coming, right? Like there has to be another move coming because you're going to roll with three all-star right-handed caliber defensemen. right-handed defensemen. Yeah, they are. they are. And holy shit. That is amazing. That- I didn't expect that. Yeah. It's one of those things where, man, people – if you rewind to two years ago, people hated Doug Armstrong. Now, like it seems like anything that's happened because the moves he's made in the last couple of years. Let's see, he's big trades moved Kevin Shattenkirk for draft picks Zach Sanford, moved draft picks for Braden Shen. Yep, 
and Yori Letero. Let's add that in there. The so fact du- that he was even able to get rid of Yori Letero. For two draft picks. Yeah. And then acquired Ryan O'Reilly. Yep. Then acquired Justin Falk. I mean, you're acquiring not like small pieces. You're acquiring massive pieces. And for to- him to do it after they won the cup. Like, they were bringing back, like you said, kind of the same team. Yeah, 22 and of 23 guys that were on the team. This team's better. It's yeah. better than last year, which is with insane. Falk. Yeah, so Falk is acquired. And by the way, I was one of those people who said they need to fire Doug Armstrong, and I will hey. fully admit, man, I was on get rid of this guy. What did they do and signed him to an extension? Now I'm like, man, I'm so glad I was wrong. Yeah, He's looking hey, great. Man, it's looked great. So, 27 uh, year old defenseman comes to the St. Louis Blues for we talked about Joel Edmondson, prospect uh, Dominic Bach, with, and also a seventh-round pick, and the Blues also get a fifth-round pick in the 2020 back. So they get they give up a seventh-rounder, but get a fifth-rounder in exchange. And then they turn around on top of that, sign Falk to a seven-year, $45.5 million contract. So for math uh, for math out there, that's about 6.5 AAV. So Not terrible, I think. Not terrible. Caliber. Yeah, for a guy who's a three-time All-Star and who's been in the top, I think for most of the offensive stats for uh, – the uh, defenseman in the last five years, he's been in the top 20, which that's yeah. pretty good. So we didn't know where he would kind of fit in. You're like, wow, he is not really a third-pairing guy. I mean, yeah. that's you don't really want that. So he's they slotted him in, and they moved Petrangelo over, which a lot of people have instantly was just like, people are like, all right, Petrangelo, we're going to lose him. and Yeah, yep. You know, so what? what's your thoughts on – I kind of thought – I can think of it as a contingency plan. I think it's more like if you can't get Petro signed for what you want, I guess, and he just decides to leave, then you roll Pareko and Falk, which is pretty decent top two guys to have. Well, I think it's it's the fact, yes, that it's a contingency plan, but it's also to it's it's can be used in negotiations with Petrangelo. Now it's hey, you know what? We don't need you as much as we needed you. So yeah, if you want to leave, that's fine. We're not going to pay you ten million. To stay, we've got Justin Falk now, and you can go. So I think that's it's going to be a nice little bargaining chip for Armstrong to use when he's talking to Petrangelo, if he does, which I imagine he will. Um, and I think they are planning on at least trying to keep him. There's a lot of people right away said, yeah, that means Petro's gone. I think they want to roll with these three all-star defensemen. I think that's a good, decent core defenseman to have. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you talk about... You look at, at how the, the teams have succeeded over the years. The the I mean, yes, I know the Kings and the Blackhawks, they've had their struggles. But, um, you know, that's two cups for the Kings, three cups for the, the, the Blackhawks. And they held on to like five or six guys and made the rest interchangeable. And I think you can have three of those guys be defensemen. And then you can roll with uh, uh, Tarasenko, Shen, Schwartz, um, and uh, O'Reilly, and then, you know, once those contracts are up, maybe you look the other way. But I think having those three as the backbone of your defense, if you can get Petrangelo locked up, my God, that's that's a good defensive core right there. Yeah, I mean, you're rolling with – I saw some people like you should have your core as like five guys. Yeah. And I say, I mean, I think if you have a good set of guys, I mean, there's no reason it's like, okay, only these five guys, and if there's a really good player we have, like, all right, I guess we can keep him. He's not in our five. Right. Hey, if you roll seven really good guys as your core, I mean. If you can afford it, why not? Yeah, if, and, and it's not like we don't have the 
and for I'm use Toronto as an example. You don't have the twelve million dollar center. Mm-hmm. You don't have the ten million dollar <coughs> excuse me ten million dollar winger. You don't have another ten million dollar center. Right. Yeah, and you don't have another. Oh, let's see, what's the Islanders about six and a half seven million dollars. Yep. So you don't have four guys locked in forty million dollars. Right. You're going to have potentially seven guys at forty million dollars. Yep. The only is, issue that I see is let's say Jordan Bennington does become the guy we all hope he does and you know gets the blues in the cup conversation every year when that contract's up that's going to be a lot of money you're going to have to throw it to your goaltender yeah and if they've got money locked up everywhere else that could pose an issue but i think and and it's it's a weird spot i think for for blues fans and Doug Armstrong honestly because we've never been in this situation mm-hmm. where it's we've got a cup let's go get another one you know cuz everyone's always saying well what's going to happen in 3 years what's going to happen in 4 years you know what Doug Armstrong's saying, and I'm with him. Uh, who the fuck cares? Sorry, should I not oh, be cursing? Fine. I'm going to curse. Yeah, who right. the fuck cares? You know, like uh, we we're trying to win another cup now. I don't care about three years from now. I want to win a cup this year and next year. And hey, man, I I you got to commend that. You know, yeah. yeah, I know that there might be some rough days ahead for the Blues, but live in the moment. This is uh, <laughs> chasing another cup. It's it's going to be fun. Yeah, which is uh, interesting. He even admitted into we'll talk and so. Well, it's his kind of close. conference yesterday. Yeah, it's kind of conference yesterday. We'll, we'll move into the next uh, thing. We won't, we'll talk about the game uh, after this. So the other big extension that was signed, which was shocking to me, because there was rumblings, I think, right, right before the – I think the day of the ban- the first game, the banner-raising game, I saw, I think it was um, Friedman. I think it was Friedman, I want to say. Say on the telecast saying, like, oh, the Blues and Shen have been talking and they're working towards a contract extension. I'm like – Nobody oh, saw. I was that like, coming. "Huh, interesting." And I'm like, "Okay, just a little talk." And the next day, boom! Everybody had written him off. Yeah, eight years, fifty-two million dollars for Braden Shen. Um, let's see. So he gets his in another. He gets about six and a half million. So it seems to be kind of like these two contracts. You know, very reasonable in my right. opinion. And I mean, you're talking about a guy like maybe not your prototypical number one center, I guess you're talking about, but for, but his chemistry with Schwartz and Tarasenko is something like, and the fact that you don't have to play him at center, you can play him on the wing too. Yeah. That's the thing. And then, and even, even Armstrong even said in his uh, conference, he said, we had discussions about that saying like, you know, we like him at center, but eventually they want Robert Thomas in the middle. Yeah. So you, you might, want Robert Thomas in your top. You six. might push brain Chen to yep. the left wing and he's going to have to, and then, He's one of those guys where I even said where I you know had conversations with people on Twitter and just my friends that when the time comes and say he does have his skills diminished, I mean it's it happens, it's going to happen in the seventh or eighth year. If he's your like fourth line center, let's just say that happens in eight years, that might not be awful. No, I mean the guy who will that he kind of plays the fourth line at a, but at a high level right now. He hits guys, has a scoring touch. See, I think that he's okay face-offs. A maybe, lot of but. people have compared it to the Steen contract, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair to Shen because I think when that Steen contract was signed, it was okay, Alex Steen, your best days are probably behind you, so we're going to reward you for what you've already done, which yeah. is not the way to sign contracts. No. And and I think you can make maybe the same case with Shen, but he's still in his prime right now. He's still a guy who's going to contribute to the offense for the next two to three years, like as a top six guy. Um, and I think that when you look at the way that the numbers have gone up, the salary cap, uh, three to four years, we're going to be looking at that and saying, 
That's not a bad deal for a yeah. second, third-line center. Yeah, NHL then, also has a TV contract coming up, too. So that yeah. means revenues are going to probably go up at least I a little imagine. bit. I would imagine. So you figured, I'm not saying the cap's going to jump like five, six, seven million dollars, but hey, $1 million here, yeah, million and a half there over the next couple and, of years. And I'm telling you, in six, seven years, I, I, I yeah, he'll be older, but I don't think that's going to look like that bad of a deal. I think it's, it's going okay, six and a half for a guy that's still a fringe second-line, third-line player. I yeah. mean... That would be that's going to be nothing in in six seven years. Yeah, I don't you're, think. Yeah, you're talking in a couple of years, looking at the cap, Blues cap situation because that's kind of the big talking point right now. Mm. In a couple of years, you're going to have Bo Meester coming off. You're going to have Steen coming off. You're going to right. have. I mean, if Allen is still Allen here, potentially, Allen off, you have yep. Bozak coming off. Yep. So you add all those up. That's only nearly twenty million dollars. Yep. And so you can allocate that to the Petros, the Schwartz. Yeah. Thomas, when he's up, Vince Dunn is up next year. So if you really think that these guys are going to be good, you can give them at least a little bit of a bonus now. And if they work out, great. If they I, don't, you can I move loved, on. loved Armstrong's comments in his press conference when he said uh, – somebody asked him, where do you see yourself in eight years or seven years? And he said, apologizing to the next GM of the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, there is – again, that's what I said earlier. It's There might be some issues that we're going to look at in the future, but – you're, I think that they they went down on price to add more term. Yeah. For Schwar, uh for Shen, I think you probably he was probably coming in looking for three four years. I would think. And probably but eight eight mil- nine million. Yeah. yeah. But we said, hey, we're gonna lock you up for eight years, but you know you got to take a little less. Okay. Yeah. Paycheck for eight years sounds good to me. Yeah, and the money is. It winds up being about eight mil for about the first three years. Then it yeah. goes down. So the last year of the deal. And that's a tradable contract. Yeah, at the end of the time, you're he's only making about four million on his last two years. Four and four and a half is his last two years. So, and he has modified no trade and say exactly how many teams. I got to look at. I'll look at cap. Well, it's a no movement too, right? I believe it. No, no, no movement. No, 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 just no trade. So the way that I read that, and same thing with Justin Falk. Justin Falk has doesn't have a no movement clause. Let's say you roll this year, and and the whole plan was to get another cup this year. You could see one of those guys left unprotected. Yeah, and I would say Falk might be the guy that's. That's something that a saying. lot of people are not considering when they say, "Oh, what about these big contracts? We got to sign this guy." One of those contracts could easily comes off come off the books when Seattle comes in for expansion. Yeah, because they're not not have... everybody's going to want David Perron. Yeah, <laughs> David Perron will. Uh, that's what everybody says. Well, he'll be probably the guy that lost. So, like the Blues. <laughs> draft pick wise, look pretty decent too. I mean, the next couple of years. I mean, they they don't have later round picks. But they have all their early round picks, except for the 2021, which is the part of the Buffalo deal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cap-wise, I'm trying to look up and see if uh, Braden Shen has a uh, deal here. I, I thought he had a modified, like, submit 10 teams we can trade you to, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it looks like he is uh, it's not showing his new contract's not on there. But anyway, so, the Braden Shen deal, I think at the end of the day is a good deal. Yep. So, I mean, you're looking at a lot of other guys. I think the one that I brought up uh, is Kevin Hayes, yeah. a guy who literally had one twenty goal season so far, got seven years at 7.1. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about to a guy who's consistently put up great numbers, Braden Shen meaning, and has a cup. Yeah. So I mean, and getting get him at six and a he half. He was he was important in that cup run. Yeah, he had a he had a little streak there where he wasn't scoring, but 
I think he was still a very valuable player for the Blues. I mean, he maybe you're shutting him down, but you know, guys like Tarasenko and O'Reilly were getting a little more room out there because people were worried about Shen. Yeah. So real quick on the Brain Shen deal, it is a 15 team no trade starting with the 25 20 26 uh, season. So it just sounds so far in the future, doesn't it? It is. And when they said his contract goes through 2027, 20, 20, I was like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Or forever. <laughs> but so some big deals there. With, we just kind of briefly talk about the Blues. Pretty much bring the same team back then. We kind yeah. of alluded to it. Uh, Clem Costin had one of the best preseasons, I think, of anybody in the I think NHL. Any, technically. I think any other NHL team, and he's in the NHL right now. Yep. It's just. The Blues are loaded. It's just as loaded and contract-wise makes it hard, too, because it's yes. one of those things where, let's just, for example, they said Zach Sanford didn't have a great camp. Mackenzie McEachern didn't have a great camp. Um, Robbie Fabry had okay. I mean, he's getting back up to speed. He looked, he, I'll be honest, he does look quicker. I'll say that. I think so, too. I think, I think he's getting, when you tear ACL twice in you know a couple years, it's going to take a minute to yeah. get back to yourself, no matter how young you are. Yep. Um, I think contract-wise, also prohibited, too. All the one-way contracts, really. Yes. You don't want to lose somebody like, as much as maybe he struggled, Robbie Faber. You don't want to lose somebody like that making what he makes. Oh, you put him down on waivers, somebody's taking him yeah. at that price? Yeah. yeah, so it's one of those things where you can't. And then, like, Zach Sanford, you just signed the guy for two years at yep. one and a half. I mean, so McEachern, it's one of those guys he might slide through, but one yeah, of those things where it. you just don't want to risk it right now because you just kind of – I mean, he's still I, a valuable I'm a, guy. I'm a big fan of his game, so yeah, I think I wouldn't want to lose him either. He's a perfect fourth liner to me. He's yeah, a guy that he hits, has, a, has pretty good hands, can fill in in a pinch, Yep, makes a low salary. That's yep. exactly the type of guys you need, like you said, when you have the guys making six and a half, yep. $7 million. You've got to have the guy making $700,000 who can come in in a pinch and maybe pitch in a goal every yep. four or five games. Yep. So, like I said, kind of sucks for Clem Costin. They had a discussion with him. Go down, show, show us what you can do. And yeah, I mean, he's. That's the thing is, like, you could decide, okay, we're going to keep you up, we'll find a way, but he'd be healthy, scratched, he'd be on the fourth line, line a lot. Yeah, he's going to get top line minutes down in San Antonio, and I think that's a. We want you playing is is kind of why he was sent down. We want you to be in there playing top line minutes. That when we call you up, you're ready to go. Yeah, and you look at like the Red Wings model for forever. Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. They have they they've always had those players go down and play top line minutes and they're guys that could be in the NHL, you know, uh, uh, Justin Abdelkader comes to mind. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot of time down there and then when he came up to the NHL, he looked like an NHL player. He was ready to go because he was playing 20 minutes a night in Grand Rapids. Yeah. I think so, it's going to be the same thing with Costin. Yeah, and he his first game he even had a assist in his first game. But yeah. But also two penalties, which was kind of a problem in the preseason, too. So something he's going to have to work on. That's kind of what they told Mike. He stopped he's talking to David Perron. Yeah, the offensive zone. <laughs> when he had the penalty, Perron had a penalty in the first game. I just said, ah, at least we know that hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. my wife was like, oh, my God, that guy again. Like, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, like I said, I think it's good for the Blues to have those type of guys that are high-level guys, too, in the minors. Like, Kairou's working his way back from injury still. But Costin is another guy that, let's say somebody like – David Perron or Sammy Blair, somebody who has second line, you know, first line guy goes down. You have a guy like Costin you can bring up instead yeah. of a guy like, and is not like knocking him or like Nolan Stevens or something like that. Yeah, you're not right. bringing a guy like that. You're bringing or Jordan Nolan. Jordan Nolan, yeah. Jordan Nolan is like another guy. Like you bring up like good player, good right. fourth liner, but do you want that guy in your second line on exactly. a nightly basis? No, yep. you want maybe someone like Costin who is a guy who could do some great things and gets you just some goals. So, yep. 
it's a good problem to have. Like we it is. About. It, I mean, it, it sucks for the player. I think you know. Obviously, he's he's happy to be playing. I'm sure, but at the same time, you know, he came over here to play in the NHL. So it sucks for him in that aspect. But I think he knows that. Hey, we're not just going to keep you down here forever. You know, you keep showing us what you can do. You'll earn your spot here in the NHL. Yeah, because a lot of people this year when I said I think Kyrie's got a couple of years in the minors, and a lot of people kind of gave me tr- like stuff like, "What does he have left to prove in the minors?" And I'm like, "He's like we're doing a point per game." Like, well, he sucked the first 20 games technically, and then yeah. he turned it on. So I mean, he found that gear. So if he needs to find that gear, I think that means you need more time to figure it out. Like, it, it doesn't hurt to have him in the minors. Like, you're not, yeah, you're not going to lose. I mean, you're losing a year off his contract, but if he's still doing well in the minors, like it's okay. Yeah, like then you bring him up and he's ready to go. Like we talked about. I agree. So let's get into our. We only have one game to go over, which is you know, not bad. But how about very. The, how about a, the cup raising? But ceremony, a very, yeah, uh, very important game. So I was very fortunate to be there. So it was very awesome to see. I kept it together. I was did, surprised. You didn't cry. I didn't. I was surprised. Honestly, it's weird because I like I taped it, and then I when I was there, I was like, wow. It was like more of a disbelief feeling. Like this is actually real and happening. And then I got home and I the next day I uh, watched it and then I lost it at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just weird because like it didn't hit me like as hard when I was at the game. And then I watched it like on TV with the music and stuff. It was just like wow, that's like yeah, insane that it's happening. And then walk, you know, them uh, they had the cup. They did all the intros, right? And then the last one was Petro with the cup. And then they got to skate the cup around. I you know a lot of people when the Capitals did that last year, there was a lot of people who were saying, "Oh, come on, the celebration's over." You know what? I mean, seeing it, I think from the Blues side now, because you know they the same thing with Washington. They won it in Vegas. Blues won it in Boston. It you don't get to skate it on your home ice. You know, there's not. It's not like they come home, put their skates on, and go out at Enterprise Center and skate around, invite all the fans in. I mean, they don't do that. That's the one thing they miss out on. So when you win it on the road like that, and you yeah, obviously we, we celebrated all summer, but seeing them be able to skate the cup around. Enterprise Center was something else. It was, it was a whole other level of awesome. So I, I'm sure seeing it live was probably pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome to see uh, just the cup kind of going around, and then like even the week. And the crazy thing, the week before that, I actually got to like touch the cup, and yeah, kiss the cup too, which is another ridiculous thing that I know you got a chance. Yes, it's yeah. one. I think Chris Kerber had the best line. I don't know if you heard this the other day when he's on. I think he's on the Riz Show. I want to say when he was talking to them, or no, it was a post game show. Mm. of uh, I was listening on the way home the other night and he said oh you know there's 2.8 million people in St. Louis and I think 2.5 million people have a picture of a, with a cup online <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> we're two of those people <laughs> yeah so it was funny like it was pretty great that was a pretty good analogy but yeah man it's just it's great to see kind of like the love and the kind of like not I say appreciation but it's everybody it's pretty cool I mean it's yeah. I've I've seen and taken pictures with the cup before the Blues won but Doing it after they won was just a whole other thing. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure your event was similar where it was just kind of like, okay, hurry up, you know, get your picture and go. Yeah. If you ever go to the Hall of Fame, it's you can just spend the whole day with the cup, and it's yeah. fantastic. But, you know, so it was kind of a, you know, like I wanted to like kind of look at it and try to find because when I saw it, it was right after it got back from getting the blues engraved. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to look for it, but it was just, you know, it was a very private event and, so I was like, okay, I'll take my picture and then go. But yeah. you know, just being in its presence, it's it's something else. It's, it's weird. so yeah. cool. It's one of those things where it's like you just don't kind of like it hits you. Like I, 
same thing. It was a private event and stuff, and they're kind of like they have 400 people and they have two hours. It's like it's yep. getting here at 12:30 and it's leaving at 2:30. Yeah, and it's so, it, there's no 2:31. Like yeah, it's it's, it's gone. It's out in the, the door. It's in the case. Yep. in the car at 2:30 basically. Yep. So I'm like, so I'm pretty much getting people hustling through. And so I got like the picture with it, and then I want to get a picture of like kissing it, of course, like because you know, like you know, once right. in a lifetime thing, yep. you know. And but I like I just I was able to kiss it right after the picture and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'm cool. And then I'm kind of like afterwards, I'm walking away like. Oh my god! Like I'm in the elevator going down. Like oh my gosh, that just happened. And yeah. like, mind you, and I was also on top of that. Me and my wife's birthday that day, so it was just one of those things that's just like, it's a perfect day. Perfect day, man. It was great. So anyway, yeah, we uh, man, when when I went, it was uh, it was. It's funny because I, I I saw the picture and I didn't even think about it because I, I walked up and I, you know I slid my arm down the side of it and I just got real close. I'm like, this is really cool. And then I guess when when the picture was taken, I had backed up a little bit because people started giving me trouble. Why didn't you touch it? You aren't touching it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about it for the picture. I just stood next just to stood it. Next but to it, yeah. I'm like, don't worry. I I touched it. That's don't worry. I was all I'm over not, that I'm, Yeah, I was say, I'm not going to not touch the cup, especially after my team won it. Yeah, so it was pretty <laughs> great. So it's one of those things where once a lifetime thing, the banner goes up. A lot of pop and, pop and circumstance. A very long day for the Blues because they had, like, the carpet walking. I think that's in. why you see the team what that happens. raises the banner lose a yeah, lot. a lot. It's a, it's it's a, a long, long day. day. It, it's... Walking in, I mean, they walked in on the blue carpet, and yeah. they were all doing interviews all day. I mean, it was basically like another celebratory day, but it's like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is not like play. the other days because we have to play hockey after yeah, that. And also play a very good team on top of that, Yeah, too. right. So the Blues play the Capitals, and it starts off uh, really well, to say the least. Uh, Sammy Blake gets the goal uh, less than a minute in, 53 seconds into the game. Uh, Man, the David first Perron. period, huh? Yeah, first period. Woo! <laughs> Excuse me. First period was great. I mean, they were just I was just on swarming. cloud nine. They were I think, swarming. I think it they was great. Uh, was it Joey Palazzolo on, on Twitter? I'm probably saying his name wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, somebody said, I forgot what it's like to watch hockey and not feel like I'm having a heart attack every three seconds. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, you're still into it. It's still hockey. It's a fast-paced sport. But I, when I saw that, I was like, he's right. You know, for months – Every single play, Blues would carry it in the zone, or another team would 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 uh, carry the puck into the zone, and your heart was leaping up in your chest the whole time because it's playoff hockey, you know. And mm-hmm. It's especially the Stanley Cup Final. It's every single play you're like on edge, and so it was nice to like kick my feet back and you know Blues go up two nothing, and it was like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. Like this is what hockey is meant to be like. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, so Blake gets to go off a great pass by David Perron. Oh, first beautiful. shot, first shot of the game too. So it was like it's funny, you know. You, you always expect Perron, I think, to either make an extra move or shoot that, and perfect pass. Yeah, he's he's a very just like um, they talked about Tarasenko being an underrated passer, and mm-hmm. I think I think David Perron is also on that same. He's very realm. accurate. Yeah, he's really good. So Dave, so Sammy Boy continuing also had a very good camp. Yes. Yeah. So he's continuing his hot start. And somebody picked him up in both our fantasy leagues, so that sucked. So, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't. I try rushed to my phone for that. I'm like, I need to pick up Sammy Blay. Crap, somebody just did. Yep. So yep. I noticed that too. Yeah, that was crappy. So, but anyway, after Angelo gets the power play goal, after the power play didn't kind of look great to start that one, and then the first minute of it didn't look great. Then the, they get down there, set up, and once they set up, it was quick movement, quick quick passes. Justin Falk lays a pass over to. Pedrangelo, I say in the Ovechkin spot. Yeah, and pretty much Ovechkin's Ovechkin office. shot. Yep. Yeah, and, and uh, goes top shelf on Braden Holpe, and makes it a 
eight minutes into the game makes it two nothing. Yeah, so Blues and are flying. You gotta high. wonder when I saw that. I mean, obviously Justin Falk adds an element to the power play. I think this team lacked in the postseason last year, but you gotta wonder how much of that puck movement is because of the addition of Mark Savard behind mm-hmm. the bench. Yeah, that's um, underrated. I think. I think so, and I think we're gonna see. Maybe the because you know they weren't that bad uh, in the regular season last year on the power mm-hmm. play. I think they were tenth, so I, I think you'll probably see about the same numbers. But uh, hopefully, one it'll be better in the playoffs, yeah. and two I think you're going to see better movement. There was a lot of times where Tarasenko would just skate it down, take a shot, and score. And it's well, it's not really a it's power a power play. play goal, but it's not really a power play goal, you know. And I think you're going to see a lot of that smooth, crisp passing guys. Uh, you know, making cross ice passes, and because it's going to be much more well constructed, yeah. and uh, I think we saw that a little bit there in game one. Yeah, it was, it was a yeah really great movement, and the Falk just pretty much put it on a T for. Oh him. yeah, he did so, perfect pass, perfect shot too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I think the other thing uh, for the power play is weird how we would look at it being tenth, but it's always it seems like it was always in bunches. Like the Blues would go like yeah eight for ten, and then all of a sudden they would be like. 0 for 22. Yep. And then it would just kind of be like bunches there. So it always kind of average it out. So yep. hopefully it's just consistent. Like I'll take. Yeah. Give me a just, little consistency. Yeah. I agree. Make it like, you know, a like three of 10 every time and then yep. just keep it like that. So blues kind of, uh, you know, kind of take their foot off the gas, which kind of sounds like a broken record over the years, but yeah. I think I, part this, of it too, is I think Washington uh, really stepped their game up. I think true. they came out pretty flat. I think so too. I think and I think it's a mix of that, and I think like we talked about. I think the Blues had a very long day. Yes, not an excuse per se, but I think like, man, a lot of motion in there. You're closing the basically you're closing the book on like a fairy tale season. Like mm-hmm. it's just like something that none of us, you know, we always hope. You know, I think every year you hope the Blues. I win. even said it when when they were raising the banner and all the guys were kind of you know crossing arms and hugging mm-hmm. each other while the 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 banners going up. I said a lot. I'm like. They got to play hockey in like 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they could do it. You know, like I'm sitting there. I'm, I wasn't crying, but I was emotional, you know, and mm-hmm. I know they were too. And it's like, you got to fucking put the skates on or keep the skates on, I guess, put the helmets on yeah. and play hockey. Like, good luck, you know, and the fact they went up 2 nothing was such a shock, I think. I think, you know, the way the game went was kind of the opposite I thought it would. I thought the Capitals would come out strong. And then the Blues would maybe get better as the game went along, but I think it was pretty much the opposite. That, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the but Ovechkin uh, slides one past Jordan Bennington at the fifteen thirty seven mark, make it two to one before at the end of the first in the second period. Uh, kind of a crappy call on the refs' part. Yep. Tyler Bozak's in the box for tripping, which uh, if you see the replay, Tyler Bozak kind of just is going in and just loses his footing, falls, and he's sliding. And then uh, I think I want to say it's Orlov was actually the guy he fell, who fell over. So. And it gets tripped, and they call it tripping, which it was just like he was sliding and didn't, didn't try to take yeah, him out or anything. It was it's, it's such a weird call because, like, you, it happens in, like, my leagues, and um, it's not called. And, you know, you kinda, you're kind of you the guy that fell, and you get up and you say, what the hell, that guy took my feet out. You know, and the referee's like, well, you know, it, he, he fell too. You know, he just kind of slid into you. And so – it's frustrating, I'm sure, but man, I, ugh, I hate that. That's that is a yeah. weird call. You never see that get called like that. Yeah, it was a little interesting call there. So on the power play, Orlov makes it a two to two at about halfway through the second, the twelve twenty eight mark. Uh, Washington continues to dominate the second period. Third period, the Blues kind of come back, and I think it's more of a back and forth game in the third period. I want to say I think the Blues had really good chances. Uh, O'Reilly got sprung on a partial break by. Uh, 
Justin Falk. Justin Falk made a really good pass to Spring O'Reilly and almost puts it in uh, with Hopi sliding to his right and uh, O'Reilly was on the backhand. Almost makes it three to two about halfway through the third. That didn't yep. come to fruition. So overtime happens. Blues really just do a lot of cycling here. Yeah. And so it was frustrating to see from a fan thing. I saw what they were doing, but Washington's coming out just taking shots. I mean, it wasn't like high, even high danger shots, the first three. The fourth one obviously was because they scored. But they are just coming in taking shots, and Bennington was holding his own, playing well. I think he played well this game. That's a good thing to see, yeah. considering him having a new contract, kind of seeing how he would respond after having a yeah, really great couple of years. That's a, a great years, shot by Verona to end it. So I, I don't blame him. Oh, yeah. Verona makes it a... Uh, Three two overtime win uh, goes just on between the pad and the glove. Yeah, uh, he just could, shot. yeah he couldn't get he he was trying to close it in but just couldn't close it down fast enough. Um, what do you think of? So Blues at least I, earn a point. So let's say that. Yeah, I I like obviously I'm I'm a, I'm a Petrangelo fan. I think he does a great job, and I don't think I like him three on three. I no, never have, never have. Yeah. And I think now that you have Falk, you have Falk, Pareko, and Dunn. I think, I think you, you just with. cycle through those three in, in three on three, unless it's like a weird situation where you have to put Petra out there, but he's still out there on the top unit every time. And I, I just don't like that. Yeah. I think it was uh, I want to say O'Reilly, Tarasenko and Petra to start. And they were the ones who were just cycling. I mean, they didn't get any really chance for a shot, but they just cycled and then um, turned the puck over yep. and then they did the next unit. And then, um, then they lost the game. And, and but, I'm not blaming Petrangelo for the loss either. I'm just saying that I think, there's think, better options. Yeah, that's good and boarding. I think you yep. have. I think with Falk, I think that's one of those guys where kind of over time you have the point, you want the extra points, you kind of almost go for it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think that's always kind of my strategy. I think you just go for it, and if you lose the game, okay. But at least you're going – I'd rather be down there trying for a goal yeah, than, me too. than just cycling and just playing basically for a shootout. Yeah. I think you have a better chance of just going for it. And then if you get to a shootout, you get to a shootout. Yep, I so, agree. So Blues fall – on the first game in overtime to the Capitals. So Capitals uh, take this one, and the Blues have the game tonight. We're recording on the 5th. Uh, Blues play Dallas tonight, Toronto next week, and I think they're on the road for quite a bit, actually, for the first after these first yeah, two games. Yeah, they are. So, yep. so a good start, to, I think, still, you get a point. A good start to the season. I think it's going to be a really <coughs> excuse me interesting season overall. I think you're going to see um, this team kind of struggle at times. I think you have a short summer that's not really happened with a lot of these guys. I right. think we've never really gone this far, so you're going to see how they adjust. Well, the only one that had played in the Stanley Cup final before was David Perron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was healthy scratch, I think, most of those yeah. games. I think he might have only played one, one or yeah, two of yeah. those because he was uh, sick for part of it. So, no, so they're doing their – Kind of Canadian road trip already. They play Toronto, Canada. Uh, excuse me, Toronto. They're in Canada. Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal next week. So then they finish up with the Islanders on Columbus Day. That's kind of like a almost tradition for yeah. them. They kind of play the Islanders for the. It's weird. Yeah, but yeah, I've noticed that too. Yes, because I was <clears throat> at the one at work that day. They kind of have a kind of a, a group uh, camaraderie day, and they always have like activities planned. So I always just throw my phone on when we're doing that, and kind of just have it set to the side. And yep. Just, Watch the game until uh, I get a chance to go because they played at noon on that day. So I I hate that. I hate that yeah. so much. I mean, I, I work from home now, so it's easy for me to just turn the TV on and watch it. Yeah. Uh, my boss is listening, of course. And I'm working the whole time. Whole time, nothing. But um, but no, it's it's. 
I remember being in school and and there being a game and mm-hmm. thinking, come on, nobody's off on Columbus Day anymore. Nope. You know, stop it. And I would be sitting in class, and what I would always do is that I'm wearing a jersey today, and Al McKinnis of the uh, – I wore the red for you and Chris, yeah, by Chris, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would always feed my uh, headphones through my sleeve of my jersey, and I would just yeah, sit at my desk that. with my hand in my ears and – uh, I did it forever. I finally one time had a teacher catch me in seventh grade, and he's like, I know it's Columbus Day. I know it's stupid that they play during the day, but you can't be listening to the Blues game in my class. And I'm like, come on, man. I've only got like ten minutes left in your yeah, class. Let like, me finish it. There's, you know, there's only like five minutes left in the period. Just come on. <laughs> yeah. So Blues got <coughs> excuse me on the road to start. So we'll kind of wrap it up there. I think uh, – before we wrap it up, I know Jeff want to talk about something before we uh, get to our... Yeah, uh, how much I don't like Chris Frank and <coughs> how great Brian Elliott is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, I wanted to, uh, first of all, uh, Jason, thanks for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure coming on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who uh, want to know how they can hear more of my wonderful takes, uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, we can find us at letsgobluesradio.com, um, uh, LGB Radio on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Friendster, Grinder. Yep, oh, wow, of course. It's weird that we said it at the same time. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird. We both went to Grinder. Yeah. Um, and then of course we're you know on uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your show from. Uh, uh, Jason's show, you probably get ours in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to add, uh, and this is something I talk about on my show. Um, Jason, I'm hoping you're going to be attending and possibly even playing. Yeah. Uh, I run a charity hockey tournament every year. It's called the Stanley Ponder, uh, Memorial cup tournament. Uh, it's in honor of my father. Um, all the proceeds go to the, the leukemia and lymphoma society, as well as be the match.org. Um, blues fans should be pretty familiar with be the match after mm-hmm. last season. Uh, two great organizations that, uh, nearly saved my father's life. So, um, it's a, it's a roller hockey tournament out at Queenie Park, November 23rd, I believe it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving, uh, two o'clock is when we get started. It's not just hockey. Uh, we have raffles, uh, beer, food, everything you buy goes towards the charity. So come on out, have a lot of fun. Um, and we do still have players signups available. So if you go over to dropinstl.com, again, that's dropinstl.com. Uh, go over to the 2019 SPCMT tournament, I think is the tab. Uh, you click on that, and then at the bottom, there's a thing where you pay 50 bucks. That is your entrance fee. So anybody who's listening who wants to play in the tournament, we have, I think, 19 spots available. Um, and I know hockey players, we're all procrastinators. We wait to the last possible minute to sign up. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Jason will be playing. Hopefully Chris will be at least attending. And, uh, yeah, it's a great time, so come on out. Again, that's... Uh, November 23rd at Queenie Park Midwest Sport Hockey. Yeah, and you're doing this, I think, going on fourth year. Fourth year. Yep. Yeah. So I know I was there for, I think, the second one. You came to the first or second first or year. Second one, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, like I said, I'm hoping to do it this year because I said my uh, I had to retire my hockey career for a while. That's yep. Funny. But uh, I think my uh, lower extremities are going to hold up. That's yeah, what, uh, hopefully. That'd be awesome. We'd love there. to have you. So, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to – I'm going to – Hopefully make it out one way or another. At least stop by is my goal because it's right down the street. So there's no reason why I can't stop by. That's true. So that. now now that you said that, if you don't come, I'm going to hold it against you. I know. I, <laughs> I, which I have no problem with stopping by. So uh, honestly, it's a really good time. So anybody just in there is, 
you know, like Jeff said, raffles. There's more than just and the raffles awesome too because we usually have some pretty high end stuff. Like yeah, so what's, I can tell what's you right year? what's this year? What's the least right top now? Two the top two is we've got a Jordan Biddington uh, jersey with the Stanley Cup uh, championship patch, and then we've also got a uh, Team Sweden Henrik Lundqvist jersey, and those are authentic jerseys, folks. So yeah, very cool. Uh, I'll admit when I get this kind of stuff every year, I'm like. I don't <laughs> want to raffle it. I just want to keep it. But uh, I ended up putting it in the raffle, and uh, it's funny because I always end up bidding a bunch of my own money on it, and I've never won. So oh, it happens. <laughs> yeah, well, it, mind you, I would probably bid a bunch if it was a Patrick Berglund Sweden jersey. Oh, of course. I would. Uh, I would be all the. Maybe I'll get a Brian that. Elliott one, and Chris will come. Yeah, so it'd be awesome. Put a, <laughs> get him a Flyers one, maybe. There you go. So it'd be good. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap it up there. So if you can get a hold of us on the internets. Specifically, Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. And look on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just search Blues Hockey Podcast. And you can also find us at our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.net and .com. Also, uh, go ahead and look for links. There should be pinned on top of all those socials for if you want to find where you can find any of our T-shirts. We are up to a whopping insane amount of T-shirts that we offer now, which is ridiculous. So we have five T-shirts now that you can uh, get. So, and also if you look at for us, our website is also on big heads media. If you look there, you can definitely, I think you find, I think some of our merchandise on their website as well. Plus a bunch of other awesome, not only NHL and other sports podcasts, but also entertainment websites or excuse me, entertainment podcast. So find us there. So I think I wrapped everything up there. So once again, uh, Jeff, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, of course I did, I did forget one thing. So yeah, where to find this. So Apple podcast, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, mm, Grind- YouTube. Grinder. I think we do Grinder. Grinder. We're still working on Grinder. So no, uh, YouTube is like that's been my goal for this year is to get the YouTube up to be a little more up to date, and then also different videos. So I think we got. So say, I got you some guys uh, take video of yourselves recording in this room. This is a pretty nice decked out room. Uh, yeah, a lot a, of nerdy stuff in a here. A lot of nerdy stuff it. slash blues. Uh, I've had to remodel with some of the blues stuff. You know, obviously with them winning makes you have to. Take some stuff down and re-put some stuff Oh, up, man, so. my basement is crazy right now. I've got so much stuff. I hung up another one uh, that I hadn't hung up yet. It's of all the uh, newspaper clippings from when they mm-hmm. won each series. And my uh, my wife came downstairs. She's like, you got another one? I'm like, don't worry. I already bought it a while ago, but yeah, I just yeah. hadn't put it up. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's that's why I didn't go to the home opener. Let's put it like that. Oh, yeah, I, I spent way too much money over the summer. I couldn't justify going to the home opener too. Yeah, I need to uh, <laughs> I need to go invest in a new uh, the uh, jersey. Jeff's wearing the opposite of what you're wearing the blue uh, the new new slash old retro jersey. Yes, that's yep. That yeah, I haven't gotten one yet. I'm wearing my uh, this is the white one. I I like the white better than the blue. I always did too. I have the Gretzky one upstairs. So yeah, I yeah. I've, I've got a Pronger one in blue. And I'm a Kinnis one in white. Um, I don't know. We'll see if I get one of the new ones. I'm not so sure about that. But I did just get a Jordan Bennington jersey. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think I need to invest in a jersey this year. So we'll see. So anyway, we'll wrap it up there. Jeff, once again, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. You got it. Thanks. Let's go Blues. (laughs) 